This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And we have a very busy show ahead of us. I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. But we've got a new news person here. Jessica, you're going to be with us now. This is sort of a regular thing for you on Sunday mornings. Uh, it, it potentially might be, yes. Yeah, <laughs> might yeah be well, we're, looking, we're looking forward to having you here. Um, you know, we usually start out with uh, well, something that, that we all can relate to. And Jessica, do you like root beer? I do. It's actually been quite a while since I've had some, but I do like it. How about you, Isaac? You, are you a root beer fan? Oh, I am a root beer hound. I oh, love it. Oh, okay. Well, do you know about this class action lawsuit against A&W? No. Okay. Well, and, and by the way, speaking of class action lawsuits, a little bit later on this morning on WTMJ Conversations at 11, we're going to be talking with attorney James Barton here from Milwaukee. He is the attorney who filed the class action lawsuit on behalf of all the Kia and Hyundai owners. But this is a whole other class action suit. I don't know who filed this one. But it's against A&W and Keurig Dr. Pepper. And they just agreed to a $15 million settlement to people who bought root beer. Don't you want to know why? Yeah. Oh, 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 okay. All right. Well, here. Let, let me tell you what the, what the deal is. So apparently... If you bought A&W root beer or cream soda with a, quote, made with aged vanilla label back between February of 2016 and June 2023, you will get a portion of this settlement. Now, you don't even have to prove that you bought the root beer. This is the interesting thing, because they're just assuming, I guess, that everybody at one time or another has had root beer. So... Apparently, if you feel that at some point during those years, between 2016 and 2023, you you had that root beer that said, A&W root beer that said, made with aged vanilla, you can get $5.50. Now, if you've got proof that you, that you bought it, you get $25. But even if you can't prove that you bought that root beer... You apparently have a claim to $5.50. You just have to go to the website that I guess says something like, you know, A&W uh, settlement. And, and you, can, you can file. So, so, Isaac, do you remember ever having, since 2016, that root beer that said made with aged vanilla? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure I did. Yeah. Well, what about you, Jessica? You know, I definitely am more of a Sprecher person, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see people rushing to their computers right now trying to get that $5.50 settlement. So, yeah, you might you might want to check that out if you think, by any chance, you had some of that made, made with aged vanilla root beer or, or ice creams or, or cream soda uh, that would have been manufactured by A&W. You were eligible for that big class action settlement. All right. Well, I'm glad I updated you on that one. We do have a busy show this morning. As Jessica was saying, we've got all the Harley Davidson uh, celebrants in town. Anybody go to the Foo Fighters? You guys didn't go to that. Yeah. No, nobody had $100 for a ticket. Okay. Uh, but I guess it was a big hit. And WTMJ's Brandon Snyde is going to be checking in with us later on this morning. He is assisting with the setup for the Harley-Davidson Parade. So we'll find out where that is and what's going on. Uh, You know, I mentioned the Foo Fighters, and of course they were a hit last night, but we're going to look back a little bit later on at a performer who wasn't quite as popular with the Harley crowd going back about uh, 20 years ago. Eric Belstead has that story. Matt Miller's going to be here. He's going to talk about the actor's strike and how it's going to affect what you watch on TV and what you stream. Also, big news. I This was bigger news for me this week than the Harley-Davidson thing, and that is a top chef. One of my very favorite television shows is going to be filming their 21st season right here in Milwaukee, and I only thought of one person who can tell me about about cooking competition shows, and that's Milwaukee chef and TV personality, Adam Pollock. He's going to join us a little later on, and he's had his ear to the uh, pavement 
on on what's been going on with that. So we'll have some tidbits for you about that. Also, um, you know, we finally had some decent rain this week. And uh, you may have had some overflow issues in your neighborhood. Well, if you did, there's an organization looking for volunteers to adopt a drain. We'll tell you all about that. Mark Cass is going to be here. He's got a new nonstop flight to and from Mitchell Airport. And we'll tell you where that's going and coming from. Also, consumer expert Michelle Ryan has a warning about online purchases. We'll look back at the week in review. Jessica, of course, is here in the newsroom. Isaac's pushing those buttons. And in just two minutes, it is Dominic Catronio and Sports right here on WTMJ. Uh, those temperatures today, it's going to get warmer. There's no doubt about that. Right now, 69 degrees at 813 on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. It was a rainy, humid night in Cincinnati. In fact, it needed a rain delay right at first pitch for about an hour. The rain didn't bother Christian Yelich once the game resumed. And the first pitch is swung on, hit out to left, going back his steer, at the track, at the wall, and it is gone! Christian Yelich starts this game off with a bang! Number 12 on this season for Yelly, and it's one to nothing, Brewers. Lane Grindle on the call as the Brewers take the lead on the very first pitch of the game yesterday against Cincinnati, and little did they know, that would be all they needed once again. A 3-0 final, the Brewers win their third consecutive shutout, this time by Freddy Peralta, Elvis Figueroa, Yoel Piams, and Devin Williams. They combine for a dozen strikeouts, setting an MLB record in the process, but first, manager Craig Council. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we pitched exceptionally well again. Freddie was awesome tonight. No, no threats really. One, just one base runner max, and um, I thought he just just did a nice job. His fastball was just really good, and it made everything else good. He, he landed his off speed. His changeup was much better tonight. I thought put it in the zone a bunch, made it really competitive, and that that slowed him down. And so. You know, when he does that, the combination of all the pitches are really hard for hitters. The Brewers become the first team in Major League Baseball history to have three consecutive shutout wins with at least 12 strikeouts in all three of the wins. Now they go for the sweep today at 1240. Coverage begins at 1205 right here on WTMJ. Also of note, the Brewers now win the season series head-to-head with the Cincinnati Reds, meaning they hold the all-important tiebreaker come season's end if these two teams have identical records in one playoff spot. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. It's 8-17. We have 69 degrees. We're going to give you your full forecast. And also coming up in just a couple minutes, we've got Mark Cass, and he's got news for you, including... A new nonstop flight to and from Milwaukee. That's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, it is going to be a hazy, smoky, breezy Sunday. That's right. The Canadian smoke is back. And boy, my lungs can feel it. I don't know about yours. Uh, We've got a chance for an isolated shower or thunderstorm late this afternoon. We're going to get up to about 83 degrees. Then tonight, we have a chance of some scattered showers, maybe even a thunderstorm coming through. 60 overnight. Tomorrow, we have a few clouds, not quite as warm. It'll only be 78. Tuesday, pretty nice, sunny and 78. Wednesday, a few clouds come in, 81. And Thursday, we've got some clouds with a chance of showers or thunderstorms and a high of 83 degrees currently. In Kenosha, it is 67. Left LaBelle has 66. Glendale's at 67. 69 at WTMJ at 820. And it's time to check in on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline with Mark Cass, Editor-in-Chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Mark, I think I can hear them now. Those Harleys are out around the area and they're getting ready for the big parade later on this morning. But this 120th anniversary celebration kicked off Thursday. What do you think the economic impact is going to be and what does it mean for the brand of Harley-Davidson? It's been huge, Libby. I mean, everywhere you go, everywhere I've gone over the past couple of days, I see Harley riders. They're in town, spending money, they're staying in hotels, they're shopping in stores, they're eating in restaurants, they're traveling all over the place, they're having fun been a really wonderful time and a great showcase for a city. The economic impact is about $95 million, which is obviously a great weekend for Milwaukee. It's great for the city. It's great for our image. And I think as these people come here, spend time, 
have fun. Hopefully all of them are going to return, right? I mean, hopefully they'll come back in November, maybe come back next March or April. Really, I think that's the key to this whole thing. I know throughout the city, whether it's a museum, whether it's down the grounds of Lakefront, I know I was down there last night for the big concert. Just there's lots and lots of energy all over town. In terms of Harley, the company, I think it's important. I think Harley's had a rough couple years as they've tried to work their way through COVID, as they've tried to grow their brand, grow their market share, try to get young readers, rolled out the electric bike. So what they need is a good weekend. And I think they've had that just in terms of how many people love the brand. They have loyalty. Just kind of raise that flag of the Harley is our brand. So I think it's been great for the company. Now they got to move it ahead. Now they got to grow that company. They got to add more young writers. They got to add more women writers. They got to add more minority writers. I think the energy this weekend I've seen has been really good for the company. Well, especially with Green Day and the Foo Fighters. What yes. a concert. I know, right? I know. I thought I saw you there last night. You were up kind of near the stage trying to climb <laughs> on the stage, I thought I saw. But, you know, I'm not sure if that was you for sure, but you were everywhere, I'm sure. I love David Grohl. All right. You know what? Another big story of something coming to Milwaukee. I'm thrilled about this one. The 21st Top yeah. Chef season is going to be filming in Milwaukee. What could this mean? Not just for the restaurant community, but for tourism when this show yeah. is broadcast internationally. I think, again, this is another chance to get seen nationally. And I'll have to admit, I don't know a lot about it, but I can tell you that my wife and my daughter are thrilled with this and are excited. And I just think this is the greatest thing ever because of the show coming here. So I think it's a big deal from the national stage, from the international stage, to see Milwaukee. We've all known about our restaurant scene. We all know we hit above our weight class in terms of restaurants. We have a lot of great restaurants here. We've had chefs who have won awards. So I think it's another endorsement of that. And to have them here for a season and to film throughout the area, it looks like in Madison and potentially throughout the state, I think is great for everybody. I'd like to see us on the stage. I know when I've seen us over the years on these shows, we've always played well. And we talked about 2021 with the Bucks, what that meant to be on the international stage where here's another chance. So I know you'll be there. I know you're already working on your cooking skills because... No, let me tell you something. The chefs that they have on this show are top notch. I mean, yeah, of all the of all the food that. competition shows, this is it. This is the apex. This is the Super Bowl. Yes, it is. This is the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward if, to it because, again, listen, I love food, so this is perfect for me, right? If I can just get into Restaurant Wars as a patron, I will uh, be thrilled okay. to no end. But you know what? Another thing, as people are coming into town, we've got a 2% sales tax, which was passed this week. When are they going to implement it? Wouldn't it be nice to have had that in place for this past weekend, Libby? Think of the $95 million oh. being spent by the Harley Riders. Whoa. We could have made some pretty good money this weekend, right? Yeah, Which is, could it could have been good. But no, it's going to be in place in early 2024. I don't think anybody was surprised this got approved. It was one of not great options, but something that really had to be done to ensure our continued health and not the other option, which was lots of cuts and lots of layoffs for the city. But I think the Harley example is a great one. The one nice thing about the sales tax is it means all the individuals who live in Heartland and Brookfield and Conamark who come into Milwaukee, who go to shows, who go to stores, who go to games, when they come here, we're going to make money off of that. But the other thing is when all these individuals come from all over the world for the Harley Fest and actually next year for the RNC, we'll be making some money off of that that will stay here in the city to help actually run the operation. So I think it's something nobody wanted but really had to be done. I think now it's just a matter of implementing it and a matter of making sure the city handles it right, which I'm sure they will, as they kind of move ahead with this. But this was a historic vote, 12 to 3, but something that was not unexpected. Well, and you know what? The other part of this is American Airlines' new nonstop. A lot of people coming into the town, obviously. Yeah. Where is this destination? This is a warm one. This is Miami, right? Do we all want to go to Miami in the winter where they're adding flights there? I know, Libby, you have that huge condo in Miami that you head to for the winter, and then you come here in the summertime. Well, actually, it's, a, li- it's nice. a little north of Miami. Yeah, but that's okay. Close <laughs> enough. But, you know, it's just another... I've talked on your show many times about the importance of nonstop flights and to have another nonstop flight here in the wintertime to allow individuals to come and go nonstop is really important with Miami's a hub too and it has a lot of things going on there so I think it's important but I think we've seen this trend over the past year or so of these nonstop flights are being added to the major places like Washington, Miami, New York this is good this is returning us we're not all the way back to where we were you know probably 10 or 12 years ago when we had a lot of nonstop flights here but we're heading that way and it helps the airport with this argument of flying out of Milwaukee and not flying out of Chicago. All right. You know, another thing you did this week is you met with a group of prominent Milwaukee area real estate developers, and you talked about the need for workforce housing in downtown yeah. Milwaukee and the areas around. Why is that such a big deal? 
Individuals who have jobs, well, a lot of those individuals want to live near work. And right now, it's kind of hard. You have a lot of apartments on the high end, and then you have some affordable units, but you need more units in the middle, which we call workforce housing, where workers can live. So the Avenue developers are actually going to go out, and they're going to try to add 120 units right next to the mall there, where their workers can live right near work. And I know you did have an article this week about, is there enough workforce housing in the Waukesha area? And there's not, and it's been an argument over the years. Think about in the last six months, we've seen efforts to go out into Washington County and Brookfield that have not gone well, and there's been a lot of opposition to it. You know, we've seen a lot of success in Wauwatosa. We've seen a lot of success with these projects in West Dallas. We need to move these out into Waukesha County because you have a lot of companies out there who need workers. Some of these workers live in Milwaukee. So how do we ensure those two can meet, have those jobs filled, and have those companies continue to grow? It's to have this workforce housing. All right. Well, Mark, we're going to see you later on this morning as you lead the Harley-Davidson parade throughout the area. I'll be watching it, but I'm looking for you coming down, (laughs) roaring down the street, running alongside a Harley, because I'm not sure whether you have one or not. I don't. But I'm sure you'll be running down with a horn and a flag, right? I I don't know if I could keep up. (laughs) Hey, Mark. It'll be great. It'll be fun. Either Always great to have you here. Thanks so much. No problem, Levy. You have a great week. Yeah, we'll be here on the hum of those Harleys a little bit later on today. They will be everywhere. It's 827 and uh, still ahead in the next half hour. You know, I just just can't feel sorry for them. I, I keep seeing these actors on their picket line. And one of the most annoying people on television ever has to be Fran Drescher. I'm sorry. Um... I'm friend fresher. Uh, anyway, and I, I just can't wrap myself around feeling that, you know, they, they need that money. But anyway, a little bit later on, we've got Matt Miller. He maybe has a little different perspective on it than I do. I might be a little cynical here. Uh, that's coming up in the next half hour right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, 69 degrees at 828. Welcome back to Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. A little bit later on, we're going to hear from Brandon Snide, WTMJ's Brandon Snide. He is uh, with the riders getting ready for the big parade. He's helping to stage it all, and he's going to give us some inside information about that. That's going to be a little bit after 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, right now, though, at 8.36, what a week it's been. Adam storms the Bastille. And what's the deal with series finales? Rick Schlesinger previews the Brewers' second half. And that's it. It's the Week in Review, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. A Caledonia police officer doing okay this morning, recovering after his squad rolled over and caught fire over the weekend. There's been a lot of foot traffic lately at 30th and Cocker. That's where artist Tia Richardson is working on a mural that will honor jazz musician and Milwaukee native Al Jarreau in the park that will soon be named after him. I'm using his music to show how his message kind of resonated throughout the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please, if you are opening a bottle of champagne, don't do it as a player of departure. Good morning, Wisconsin. It's WTMJ Now. And good morning, everybody. Yes, Sandy Max moves from the afternoon to the morning show, where I've been sitting for about six and a half years. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you very much. Are you I'm excited about this thrilled day? thrilled to be here. Our commitment to Ukraine will not weaken. We will stand for liberty and freedom today, tomorrow, and for as long as it takes. You know what the Ukraine is? It's a sitting duck. Twelve eyes, three nose. Twelve eyes, three nose. The matter passes. From the WTMJ Breaking News Center, I'm Eric Bilstead. The Milwaukee Common Council has spoken, voting on the sales tax increase, the 2% increase. The council has voted 12 to 3 in favor of the sales tax increase. It's clear that they are not our friends. And if they are not our friends, then they are our enemies. We're going to review the legality of some of these provisions, and if there's questions as to their legality, we are going to pursue litigation. All the people who come in here to either shop at the Avenue or go to the MSO or the sporting event are now going to help us with this bill. It may sound as if now I should just do backflips and celebrate in some sort of kingdom-building celebration. 
The opposite is true because the entire city is trying to dig out of a hole right now. A series of suspected tornadoes just missed Wisconsin and narrowly missed one of the biggest cities in the nation. Passengers watched through the windows at Chicago's O'Hare International Airport as funnels formed just beyond the runways. Oh my God. That's all cheese in there? Are you serious? No meat. 20 slices of cheese. kind of cheese. All right, big boy. The big boy. The brick of Velveeta. You people disgust me. Melissa Temple was until Wednesday's hearing a first grade teacher at Higher Elementary School. Her firing coming after she spoke out about her class not being allowed to perform the Miley Cyrus song Rainbow Land. I want all of those students who I always consider to be my students to know that that they do have a voice and that they can always speak up. It's sunny, the sky is blue, we are ready to ride and rock. Early on, the Harley Homecoming proving the brand is not just a Milwaukee one, it's worldwide. South of Detroit. From Memphis. Los Angeles, California. Bogota, Colombia. Alabama. Northern Virginia, yes sir. From Thailand. We came here to see Bill Davidson. We met him yesterday, we had a meeting with him yesterday. And they are one of the biggest dealers in Malaysia now. This is my first time to Milwaukee and first time to uh, any homecoming for Harley. And everything that's happening, the atmosphere, everybody's so easygoing and fun. And we're here for a good time. Motorcycle enthusiasts at the Harley-Davidson Museum feel that biker culture comes down to freedom. Freedom of the open road and two wheels. Freedom. And you meet a lot of great people. At a news conference announcing that actors are going on strike, SAG after President Fran Drescher blasted the Hollywood studios represented by the AMPTP. We are being victimized by a very greedy entity. Thousands taking to the streets to storm the Bastille for 2023, including myself. Let's go, buddy. This is the WTMJ Fleet Farm Storm Team Alert. The National Weather Service has issued a tornado warning for Walworth County until 7:15. The community of Sharon, that is our area of great concern. I believe in the city and I am optimistic about the future of the city of Milwaukee. Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson putting pen to paper today on Act 12. That allows the city to implement a 2% sales tax. We are on a path towards fiscal stability. What are we, gay? Right now I smell and look like a hot dog. I've been spackled with mustard. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. And the Weekend Review is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. It's 841 right now. We're going to get up to close to the low 80s, 69 degrees at WTMJ. It's going to be a hazy one. We've still got that smoke coming in from Canada. So if uh, you've got some lung issues, you might want to say close to home. Uh, we do have a chance for an isolated shower or thunderstorm late this afternoon, hopefully after the Harley Parade. We'll get up to about 83 degrees. And tonight, a chance of scattered showers, maybe a thunderstorm coming through. Uh, then it's going to clear up down to 60. Tomorrow looks like it'll be a little bit cloudy and 78 for a high. Same thing on Tuesday, except more sunshine and 78. Wednesday, partly cloudy, 81. And on Thursday, clouds with a chance of a shower, a thunderstorm, and a high of 83. Pretty pleasant week, actually, if we could just get rid of the Canadian smoke. Pewaukee right now it's at 67. Pleasant Prairie has 68. Germantown's at 68. We have 70 degrees at uh, 844 on W. TMJ. And uh, have you ever ordered a product from one of those ads you've seen on social media? Well, quite a few people have, but results are mixed. Joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is our consumer expert, Michelle Reinen from DapCap. What is it people need to know about this one, Michelle? Yeah, this is actually, I think, good news for consumers. The Informed Consumer Act went into effect on June 27th. And when you're shopping online, if you're using kind of a third-party marketplace, you may have wondered who the actual seller was or where they were located. And how do you contact them if you have a question about a product? Because it's not the platform you're using that's selling the product. It's this third party. Well, there's this new law, the Informed Consumer Act, that's designed to put some light on these transactions. It's designed to 
deter criminals from selling those stolen, counterfeit, or unsafe items through the online marketplace. And it also gives shoppers the information about the sellers and ways to report questionable activity. So we think that really it's a good thing because contact information and other information must now be disclosed to consumers. What are some of the things that a shopper should consider to be suspicious activity? Well, if you don't see the product information disclosed and you don't see who's selling the product, um, where they are located, how you can contact them, that would be suspicious activity. If you uh, pay for a product and don't receive the product, that would be uh, considered suspicious activity. If the product you get looks to be fake or counterfeit, that again would be something you want to question. If you get an item that's different from what you ordered, maybe it doesn't look like the picture on the product page or it came in a different quantity than what was promoted. Again, something to be curious about and think is suspicious. And then if you get an item that has unexpected signs of deterioration or use and it was promoted as new, or if it's expired, those are all things you want to make sure that you are reporting on the online marketplace. And of course, if you want to get more information about the Informed Consumer Act, what can you do, Michelle? You can go to the FTC's website at F tc.gov and then search informing businesses about the informed consumer act Um, and you will find lots of information or of course you can contact consumer protection to report any suspicious activity or ask questions at 1-800-422-7128 michelle ryan from dadcap it is always a pleasure to have you here well thanks for always having me 847 you're a minute away from dominic catroni on sports on wtmj The Brewers pitching staff riding back-to-back shutouts against one of the highest-flying offenses in baseball, the Cincinnati Reds. Back for more on Saturday night after a rain delay, they picked up exactly where they left off. A one-hit shutout. Freddy Peralta, Elvis Peguero, Yoel Piams, and Devin Williams combine to get their third straight zero in the run column. First pitch to De La Cruz is a ground ball left side. Glove by Monasterio. Spins. Throws to first in time. And the Brewers shut out the Reds for the third consecutive game. The final call from Lane Grindle right here on WTMJ. It's only the third time in Brewers franchise history that they have three consecutive shutout victories. Here's manager Craig Council. I mean, I don't care who you're playing. You, you, you shut out team out three times in a row, and that's that's... That's great work, um, and it's been, you know, it's been the same kind of same story: six innings from a starter and three great innings from from Elvis, uh, Yoel, and Devin. So uh, they've done great job. They've done great work, um, and it's put us in a good position, and then we're off to a good start. Also of note, the Brewers now win the season series head to head with the Cincinnati Reds, meaning they hold the all important tiebreaker come season's end if these two teams have identical records in one playoff spot. They'll wrap up the series today. First pitch is scheduled for 1240. Our coverage begins at 1205 with the network pregame show. And head out to Wimbledon. The men's singles final is underway right now. They've had first serve at 8 o'clock Central Time over on ESPN. And it's the top two seeded matchup. Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic. Joker going for his second straight Wimbledon title. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. It's 8.50 and we have 70 degrees at WTMJ. It is 8.52 on WTMJ, 70 degrees. We're going to get up to 83 today. And joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is media critic and pop culture editor at OnMilwaukee.com, Matt Miller. Matt, got to ask you about this actor's strike. Hey, Matt, there you are. We were Hi. We were having a little problem getting you there. I'm sorry about that. No, that's our phones. I, well, I know where, I know where it was. You were so busy watching reruns of The Nanny. <laughs> okay, so how obnoxious is it, first of all, that there's an actor strike, and secondly, that Fran Drescher is the spokesperson for all the actors? 
I, I do think it is very obnoxious that the studios don't want to pay their actors a livable wage and that they are trying to push background actors and supporting actors out of existence. I think they're trying to destroy an entire industry and take human beings out of art. That is what I find obnoxious. Okay, we're going we're, 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 we're we're, we're to have a problem here. Because here, here's the thing. And, and maybe I'm just a little bit cynical about this whole actors thing. But when I heard the person on the picket line the other day say, do you know I have to have a second job to be an actor? I thought, welcome to America, buddy. How many people out there have to have second jobs to do what they love to do? I mean, just because you want to be an actor, which is, you know, it's, it's a glamour profession to begin with. I know, you know, not everybody is Brad Pitt and, and, uh, you know, J-Lo and making millions of dollars and everything. But these are people who want to be actors. They know that when they're going to be actors, that they're not going to make a living wage unless they are the most, unless they ex- are extremely lucky. That's actually not the case. I would probably say about 98% of people working in the actor's field are people who do know that they, you're honestly, you're probably talking to a writer in that case on the picket line. And in that case, there is no way to make a functional job here in Hollywood. And that is what they're fighting for here. They are fighting for residuals. These studios are making millions upon billions of dollars on these properties, on these projects. And because of streaming, that money is no longer flowing to the people who actually made the stuff, that actually made these things. It's similar to the Spotify situation, where unless you're Taylor Swift, unless you are one of the top ten people in the music industry, Spotify isn't making you any money whatsoever. And they're trying to figure that out. And again, that's not even incorporating the AI problem, which is, uh, if, if we last heard, these proposal brought to the studios was for one day of work they will scan your face and therefore own your image for the rest of eternity and as a result background actors supporting actors actors who are trying to make it in hollywood their career ends before it even starts they're trying to turn hollywood into several other businesses in this world and they're stripping it for parts and honestly i know what you're saying also about how, you know, a lot of people have to work multiple jobs right now. And you know what? That's not good. That is not a sign of a good economy right now. And this guild is trying to work for something better. And I don't understand why you would be fighting against the working class as opposed to the billionaires who do contribute literally absolutely nothing. I mean, every bad thing you think about Hollywood, all the the movies you think are bad, all the trends you think are bad in Hollywood, you think that's the writers and the actors dreaming that up? No, that's the studio heads. And apparently, if you are against the, the strikers, what you say is, yes, I want more crappy, de-aged Indiana Jones. I want more CGI movies that don't look like a single human being got involved. I want more remakes. I want more reboots. That is what you are saying. You want to take the human beings out of an art form. And I would rather have human beings make art than computers and studio heads who have no passion for this and are treating this like a tech company. But here's the thing, Matt, and it, it's not just AI in motion pictures. It's going to affect everybody. I mean, you're you're exactly, a writer. Exactly. You're so a writer. Why are you? No. Wait a minute. Why are you? No, Libby. Why are you against a group of people who are trying to stop AI? Then, if you're saying AI is something that is coming for every industry, and now there is this group that is saying we are going to stand up against it, why are you fighting against them? I here's the, yeah, but here it's not that I'm fighting against them. I just find them insufferable. Okay, I I really do. The whole idea of we are actors and therefore we're more important than anybody else, and we're they're going to be on the picket line. That. Yeah, they they're they are. Oh that. come no, on, not. Matt. They they're are. Not, they are trying to fight for a livable wage. They in all one of the have most profitable and American industries but we've they got. All, but, okay, but here's the thing. If they did not have huge egos, they never they would have they chosen don't. this path Libby, for their careers to begin not. with. Libby, this is ridiculous. I'm sorry. You are against people who are, whose livelihoods are at stake here. This is not a financial strike. On some level it is, but this is existential. This is Christopher Reeve's image getting dug up out of the grave and getting put into the flash without him being able to consent. This is other actors getting their likenesses, getting dug up and put on screen without their consent. This is studios making millions upon millions of dollars on projects 
that they are putting on streaming and things like that, and the people who actually make these product, products getting nothing in return. This is an inequitable industry right now, and they're trying to stop that. And you're on the side of the billionaires who don't do anything. Have you ever seen a movie because of Bob Iger? Have you ever seen a movie because of David Zaslav? I can answer that question for you. It's absolutely not. They are trying to get a more equal way. They are not being unreasonable. If anything, the studios are being unreasonable. And I'm not saying that uh, to, to be mean on here. I am saying that because that is the reality of the situation. But Matt, these are people who chose this profession. They knew what they were getting into when they when they saw, you know when they said this is what I want to do in life, and they no, and knew that. They, no, oh, okay, but but Liddy, have we heard? Liddy, Liddy, okay, but let Liddy, me ask you that's this: That's not true. When people went out there for this, they thought there would be residuals. They thought there would be a way to work up in the industry, and the studios are killing that. There's no way to make a livable profession as an actor or writer right now, and if that's the case then yes, that industry will die. This is similar to what happened with Uber. This is similar to what happened to Airbnb. And a lot of this is because these studios ran into streaming and had no idea what they were doing other than we want to be Netflix. And in the process, lost hilarious amounts of money. And these studios, these studio heads are giving themselves bonuses and saying, oh, I'm sorry, we can't pay you for your work anymore because of mistakes we made going into streaming. I'm sorry. There's nothing on the studio side that you should be agreeing with. They are in the wrong on this strike. They are on, on the wrong side of history here. Matt, across the board, across let, multiple things. Let me, let me ask, I can I ask you a question? So. Do we know how much, because I kept saying, well, they offered us something, but it wasn't good enough. Do we know how much that was? Again, we are talking about multiple things here. We are talking about the AI side of things. We are talking about the residual side of things. From what it sounds like, the AI proposal would have killed careers in their crib, and their residual payments weren't, were, were laughable. And I, I'm sorry, Libby, like this idea that like, oh, you know, there are rich people in Hollywood. Well, you know what? Skip Bayless makes a lot of money in radio. Does that mean you, Libby, shouldn't make any money? Well, I don't make any money, but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, then why aren't you on the side of the strikers? Then why aren't you on the because side of I the think, people? Because I think that being an actor is a passion business. And I, I mean this completely honestly. The people who want to do it are doing it because they get something more from their career than they would if they worked as a bank teller. And that's the reason they choose that profession. And going into Does it, that mean the they majority, shouldn't get paid to it. <laughs> but they are getting they paid. They're getting After, compensated. There's no question they're being no, they're compensated. Not, they're not, Libby. That's what you're getting. That's what you're getting wrong. They're not getting compensated in a lot of cases. These studios are making money. They're not getting paid a livable wage. Writers are having to write an insane amount of stuff while living in crummy apartments. But one of the big things here is that's oh, being an actor, studio- by the way. No, no. At some point, I mean, Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese, John Waters, legendary directors are like, we can't work in this industry anymore. You know, like there's a reason why people are doing ads now. And it's not because, oh, like, ah, I got to I got to mix. I I really have a passion for Chevrolet or Chrysler. It's because literally the industry does not pay well enough anymore to have a livable wage. And we are not talking about living in mansions. We're talking about a livable wage. I still think, Matt, that the majority of people out there don't have a whole lot of sympathy for the actors on strike. You know what? That can be the case for the residuals. But when it comes for AI, I think they have a lot of sympathy. I think if you, you told most people that your the corporation wants to scan your face for a day's pay and own your image for the rest of your life and then beyond that, and also we're probably not going to hire you anymore because why would we hire you for work if we have you on Microsoft background actors? Well, I don't think they're going to pay you anymore. This is, this is, uh, you should be on the side of humans. Like, honestly, that is the fight here. The fight is studios and computers versus human beings and human behavior in art. Matt, and I, I got to root for the latter. I'm sorry, I unless would, you're anti-human. I would love to talk to you longer. All I know is I'm, I'm pro Matt Miller.
And that's why oh, I read you. you. Is in, in, in on Milwaukee.com. And I'm pro Libby too. I am pro Libby. <laughs> I am on the picket uh, lines pro Libby. All right, we got we gotta wrap this up. Matt Miller, we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye. This is Wisconsin's weekend morning news with Libby Collins. And welcome to Sunday mornings, Jessica. We have, a lot of fun. we have a lot of fun here on Sundays. Just I ask Matt that. Miller. Uh, yeah, boy, the text line went a little crazy on that one. Thank you for all your texts. That was, that was really pretty fun. Okay, you know what we're going to do now, though? Let's go to our Tri-County Contracting Hotline and hear from Brandon Snide. He is live where he's helping stage today's big Harley parade, and I want to get to you because I know you're really busy out there, Brandon, but tell us what's going on. Oh, my gosh, Libby. Good morning. I heard there was a... A heated debate uh, this morning. <laughs> I, I must have missed it. I have to go back and listen to that on the uh, on the old 620 uh, WTMJ app. But yeah, it's bikes galore. I I can't believe uh, that there's this many bikes <laughs> at one spot uh, out here at American Family Field and um, staging early. And the line is as far as the eye can see uh, so far. And and I thought I was going to be early, but I'm well in line here with uh, bikes getting ready to pour into. Uh, the uh, Euchre and Yount parking lot here at American Family Field. And for a lot of people, it's the last little party here. And uh, they're heading out to uh, wherever they came from. Some of us are local. Uh, but we're about three bike lengths. Uh, there's a group from Belgium in front of us, actually. Wow. Yeah. Have you had so a chance to talk to them? I have, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because we were sitting next to, um, I was down at House of Harley yesterday last night and we sat at in Culver's on 60th and Layton um, next to a group of people from Australia. And it was the first time they were having Culver's and they were, uh, they loved it. And it was cool to just kind of embrace, you know, they're all, we're all here for one common thing, right? We're all celebrating Harley. We're all right. Harley's we all have a passion for motorcycles. And here we are having a, a burger at Culver's together. Here's what I don't <laughs> understand, though. If they're coming from Belgium, Australia, uh, I heard somebody else this morning from Colombia. How are they getting yeah. their bikes? So a the- lot of people, a lot of people are, will ship them. Well, they'll crate them over to the United States. So we actually talked to people. They were at House Harley um, on Thursday. They had come from South America. And what they had done was they had shipped them to Los Angeles. They flew into LAX. And from LAX, from Los Angeles to Milwaukee, they took the Route 66. Uh, path to get here and and traveled the long way to get here um and then they stayed here for the weekend and they're heading out uh tomorrow so it's it's a destination which is it's awesome to think like you don't think of milwaukee we know how great milwaukee is because we live here we're in the community we understand that but we don't also realize it's a worldwide destination that happened this weekend and thousands hundreds of thousands of people from all over i met people from germany belgium australia colombia mexico south america to come to Milwaukee to celebrate Harley Davidson. It, it was it was incredible and, and we're getting ready to cap it off with an excellent parade getting ready to start in a few hours. What have the majority of those people that you've talked to, particularly those out of the country, not to mention from, you know, across the United States and Canada, but have they been to Milwaukee before? Is this a first time visit a, for them? A lot of them, a lot of them have been to Milwaukee before. Um, a few of them have told me they were here for the one hundredth anniversary. A few of them have been here for the one tenth. Um anniversary and plan to come back for the 125th uh they you know i talked to a couple they were from denmark and they said it's just they were amazed at how friendly people were here and how open people were and how you know given directions asking for help asking you know to translate for them like they were just amazed at how friendly the culture here is in milwaukee and i, I think that's overlooked a lot you know especially for us we're, we're always used to it and it's just it's natural for us to go to a gas station and people ask us for help and, and, and receive that help. But for other people, it's, it's, it's not. And for them to be here and want to come back and uh, multiple times, you know, it's, it's, it speaks volumes on, on the city of Milwaukee and, and Wisconsin in general. Are they saying how many bikes they expect to be in the parade today? They are not. Um, I would anticipate everywhere I've been this week. And so I've been down at Veterans Park. I've been down at the Harley Museum. I've been to Wisconsin Harley Davidson, uh, proud partner of uh, WTMJ. I've been to the House of Harley. I've been to uh, Ukes uh, down in Kenosha. And everywhere I've been, Libby, there's been blocks of motorcycles. And I'm not kidding you when I say block, blo- literally blocks of motorcycles uh, at these places at all times during the day. Um, so I, 
I'm going to anticipate over a thousand uh, easily. And that might be. I think that's well probably under, conservative, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's probably well under uh, what what I'm what my my anticipation is. But it's right now. I can the the, the lines as as far as the eye can see, and it's it's just nine o'clock, and they're, they're staging from nine to noon. So there's three hours of staging, and it's already packed. Are, are people? I mean, do people have their their bikes decked out? Are are people oh, in yeah. passing? What, 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 what's the whole the coolest, atmosphere there? Yeah, if you if you uh, if you if you can get down to uh, downtown and, I, and and just keep in mind, I know the newsroom is on top of things from 10 a.m. to about 4 p.m. A ton of the roads downtown are going to be closed, um, but there are all kinds of bikes, custom bikes, bikes with just a unique story. You know, bikes that we we don't see here in Milwaukee because they're from out of the literally out of the country um, that people have built handmade. You know, flags flying uh, off of them and just the most insane paint jobs and customization and artwork that I've ever seen in my life. And there's, there's every bike is different. Literally every bike is different. And you just, you, you sit there and you watch them and you just get mesmerized in watching these machines because that's what they are. They're machines. And you just, every single one of them is different. And every single one of them is telling the story and every single rider on there has a story. And it's just remarkable. And you're just, you're just taking it all in. And it's, it's, it, for me, I, you know, I have my bike, but it's like, I could look at a hundred other bikes and, and, and fall in love. It's, it's incredible. It's one of the coolest things. Every bike is, is crazy cool to me. And, and it's just, it's, it's different. It's, it's fun. Uh, it, it's, it sucks that it's ending today. I wish I could go on for another week. You could probably tell in my voice I had a little fun this weekend. I, I guess uh, so. What, what, one last question for you, Brandon is, We've heard this week that this is now going to be a yearly event. I mean, it sounds as if they're trying to talk, they're trying to stage this as almost it would be another Sturgis type of event. Are people talking about that? Yeah, they are. They actually hardly just announced over the weekend next year, July 25th to the 28th, is going to be the homecoming celebration. So it's going to turn into a yearly thing, which is. <laughs> When you talk about the economic value, you know, for Milwaukee, it's incredible because they're going to flock to Milwaukee in the middle of summer. There's not a better time uh, to, to celebrate Wisconsin and be in Milwaukee. So it is going to be a yearly thing. They're moving that to be kind of like what Sturgis is going to be. And I think, you know, over time, it's going to become a destination because Harley has done such a great job, not only with marketing, but like with what they're building, right? The museum is a destination. That is a top five destination in the city of Milwaukee. I mean, that campus is remarkable and there's so much history in there you know they have the powertrain factory in menominee falls you know they have all these dealerships and it's good there's so many places to go you know what i mean like it's i talked to a, a couple bikers and we were in line waiting for a beer and you know they were do, trying to do all the stops all the six dealerships the museum downtown because it's just there's so much to do you know they're not, not a short drive either so it's it's a it's a it's a destination it's not all in one place kind of like what sturgis is you know where it's all centrally located this is all over southeastern wisconsin and it's gonna the numbers are just gonna keep climbing every year because there's just there's so much to do and so much to see well i know we're 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 gonna be looking forward to the parade today we're gonna be looking for you in the parade brandon and tomorrow morning on on wisconsin morning news i'm, I'm sure you'll give more reports about what went on brandon snide from wtmj Thank thanks so much have a good time today thanks guys have a great day have a great sunday take care it's 919 and coming up next it's dominic catroni on sports on wtmj it was a rainy, humid night in Cincinnati. In fact, it needed a rain delay right at first pitch for about an hour. The rain didn't bother Christian Yelich once the game resumed. And the first pitch is swung on, hit out to left, going back his steer at the track, at the wall, and it is gone! Christian Yelich starts this game off with a bang! Number 12 on this season for Yelly, and it's one to nothing, Brewers. Lane Grindle on the call as the Brewers take the lead on the very first pitch of the game yesterday against Cincinnati. And little did they know, that would be all they needed once again. A 3-0 final. The Brewers win their third consecutive shutout, this time by Freddy Peralta, Elvis Peguero, Yoel Piams, and Devin Williams. They combine for a dozen strikeouts, setting an MLB record in the process. But first, manager Craig Council. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we pitched exceptionally well again. Freddie was awesome tonight. No, no threats really. One, just one base runner max, and um, 
thought he just just did a nice job. His fastball was just really good, and it made everything else good. He, he landed his off speed. His changeup was much better tonight. I thought put it in the zone a bunch, made it really competitive, and that that slowed him down. And so. You know, when he does that, the combination of all the pitches are really hard for hitters. The Brewers become the first team in Major League Baseball history to have three consecutive shutout wins with at least 12 strikeouts in all three of the wins. Now they go for the sweep today at 1240. Coverage begins at 1205 right here on WTMJ. Also of note, the Brewers now win the season series head-to-head with the Cincinnati Reds, meaning they hold the all-important tiebreaker come season's end if these two teams have identical records in one playoff spot. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. It's 71 degrees at 923 on WTMJ. Well, that wildfire smoke is making things a little tough out there. That's why it's so hazy, but we're going to get up to about 83 degrees today, a chance of some storms late in the day and overnight currently. We have 73 at WTMJ at uh, 927. Well, a lot of people have been excited about Harley's 120th anniversary, uh, but there are those of us who are even more excited that the 21st season of Bravo's Top Chef is going to be filming this year in Milwaukee and Madison. And joining us on our Tri-County Hotline is Milwaukee chef Adam Pollock, who's complete, who's competed on Hell's Kitchen, and he also won the Food Network's Grudge Match. Did you have any inkling this was going to occur, Adam? I think over time, I think it was meant to come here. We're in the Midwest, and we're not far from Chicago, but our food city and our city in general has really been growing and hospitality and food and hotels and places to go and visit in our state has been growing. So I think that it was just a matter of time that it was coming. There was stuff through the grapevine, maybe that the top chef producers were in the city checking it out, but it's really a surprise and shock to me in the best possible way that they're officially announced it. It's interesting that you say that there were in the grapevine, that the producers were here kind of checking things out. If you were a producer of Top Chef, where are some of the locations you would film? Oh, man. I mean, it's kind of endless because, you know, everyone wants to say downtown Milwaukee, which is great and there's so much there, but the talks of Madison and Door County and all these really more outskirts of Milwaukee areas are beautiful for the restaurants, the farmland, just everything you can do, the scenery, and to really show off the state as a whole, not just so much the city of Milwaukee, but the state as a whole. But, you know, everything from the lakefront to the art museum, to the public market, to the downtown area. But Madison maybe doing things in between the cities where it's really nice where there's the farmland and the, and the rolling hills and maybe in the Lake Geneva area or something like that. It's just really great scenery and areas and people all across the state. Do you think there's going to be a cheese curd challenge? I mean, we'll have to see. You know, some (laughs) of those things are very obvious, but, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff that we do well here in the Midwest. I definitely think there'll be a corn challenge or something with dairy and milk, you know. Maybe something specific like a cheese curd, but, you know, it's a high-level program and it's high-level chefs and they make things difficult. So they really want people to be creative and do things out of the ordinary. Well, the interesting thing about Top Chef is every town that they've ever filmed in, it always seems they have at least one, sometimes two, of the contestants who are from that city. You want to take any guesses as to who they might be looking at? Well, I know for a show like this that you have to reach out and apply yourself. I don't know competition chefs or chefs that want to be in the spotlight or want to be on television. You know, it's a whole different animal than just cooking out of your restaurant. So for me, it would be tough to just throw someone's name out there. We have a ton of great chefs and restaurant tours and people in the hospitality world throughout the state, you know, not just the city of Milwaukee, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. That's a tough question. 
What are you looking forward to most with Top Chef putting a spotlight right here in Milwaukee? Well, the biggest thing is that it's seen all over the world. It's seen all over the country. And they really do a great job highlighting the city, the people in the city, what there's to do. It's a chef competition show, but also a really great travel show as well. And really honing in and showcasing what we do really well here and what's great here and a really good destination. But I'm just excited to see places that I'm familiar going to and, you know, growing up here my whole life, getting on the national spotlight and showing chefs and people around the world how great the city and the state is. Now, Adam, I'm going to ask you for some advice because obviously you've done the chef competition shows. How do I get invited to Restaurant Wars? Do you have any ideas? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> they might. it might be as simple as them finding people the week or day of filming. I know that that's definitely more common in these television shows and they want people to be raw and real and surprise them and be excited. There might be some other segments or things that they're doing where they need people from the city to come. They always do kind of like a food festival or something outdoors where they're doing that. You know, maybe you can tag and bother Bravo or Top (laughs) Chef or Gail or Tom and as much as you can until you get an invite. Well, and now they've got a new host because Padma's out. And Kristen, do you know her by any chance? I don't know her personally, but followed her and she's great and she's just blowing up and super, super happy to see her. She was in Top Chef season 10 and now she's 11 seasons later coming back and I'm super excited to see her, and she'll be great. I think anybody who loves food and loves Milwaukee is excited that Top Chef is going to be filming here. And Adam, I I, I know, and and we're going to use you as our expert. As it gets closer and we hear that they're going to be filming, we'll probably touch base with you again and say, hey, Adam, what do you hear on the street? Oh, definitely. I will do my very best to find some inside information for you. (laughs) I love it. Adam Pollack from Egg and Flour Pasta, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Libby. Appreciate you. (laughs) Welcome back to the final half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. Well, finally this week, we had a decent rainfall. But uh, maybe in your neighborhood, you had an overflow issue. Joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Alyssa Zesley. She's from Sweetwater. And Alyssa, you've got uh, some tips for people. And also, you are looking for volunteers. Yes, that's correct. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, so so tell us first of all, Alyssa, what exactly is a problem that people have with drains, particularly when we have a heavy rain like we had this past week? Yeah, so what happens is when there's a heavy rainfall, a lot of debris gets accumulated on storm drains, things such as leaves and plastic water bottles and trash. And most people don't realize that this, but it goes directly into Lake Michigan from those storm drains. So when the rain is washing all this debris, it ends up washing it into Lake Michigan and then it pollutes our lake. Well, a lot of people don't think about the drain either at the end of their property or maybe at the corner of their neighborhood. And that can really back up into the area where you are. True? Mm -hmm. Yes, very true. Um, Especially in the fall, um, when people rake their leaves on the streets, it completely stops the storm drains. And so you end up with uh, floods and whatnot in your neighborhood. So tell us about this. Right now you have 245 storm drain adopters, but you're looking to find at least 100 more people. Yes. So we have this program at Sweetwater called Adopt Your Drain, and it is a free public participation program. We have this interactive website that has a map of all of southeastern Wisconsin and their storm drains uh, that pop up in front of people's homes. So you can sign up for free. You enter in your address and you click on the storm drain in front of your home and you can give it a name. And then we ask that you just clean it whenever you feel the need to. And when you clean it, you can also report on what you find. So it helps us track metrics on what's going on in terms of uh, flooding and litter and debris. Did you say you give your drain a name? Yes, you can name your drain. So some names are pretty funny on the website. What are some of the name <laughs> what are some of the names? I can't think of one on the spot right now, but you can go online and uh, look around the map and you can click on everyone else's drains that have been adopted and see the name of the drain. All right. So if anybody out there wants to adopt a drain and again you're looking for a hundred more people to do it, let's give the website it is adoptyourdrain.com. Okay. I may do it just because I want to 
I, I want to name my own train. It could be worth yeah, it to just do that, right? Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, I don't know. Isaac, what would you name your train? Jeffrey. Okay, he'd name it Jeffrey. Uh, I, I, that, that would be a name right there. All right, Alyssa Zesley from Sweetwater. Thanks so much for joining us today. And get out there to drop, adopt a drain. It's 941 and 73 degrees. It's 943, 74 degrees at WTMJ. Ken Hyundai have recently agreed to a $200 million settlement for owners who have had cars stolen. And the first attorney to file the class action suit against the manufacturers was Milwaukee lawyer James Barton. I asked him how he figured out there was a flaw in the design of the cars. Your associate, Josh. Yes. Went to the junkyard. He did. Got those two steering columns. Yep. How involved were the two of you in looking at it? Did you hire a mechanic to go through it and show it to you? What did you discover as you were looking at those? I have to be a little bit careful because while it's in the, I think it's in the public record now, based on everything that's been, you know, everything that's happened since we filed our lawsuit, our original lawsuit was under seal. But suffice it to say, we figured it out. But I'm just not, the two of you. Just the two of us. And, I mean, and you're not like mechanics or no, anything like no, that. No, no, not by okay. trade. So and, you were able to look at it and figure out what the deal was. Yeah, within a few minutes. And again, I'm not an engineer. I'm not that my wife will be the first person to tell you. I'm not like a handy guy. If I, I once unclogged my dishwasher, and that's like my claim to fame of being Bob Vila at the house. Like I'm not good at this stuff at all, which is a problem, though, because if I could figure it out in a few minutes, right, it explained why this was an issue. And so from there, we went out and we located and hired an expert. And I said, tell me I'm crazy. Tell me that I'm wrong in how I figure this out. And that's when our expert looked at it and said, no, you're not crazy. This is a huge problem. Attorney James Barton discusses what went into building a a case against two auto giants. That's going to be this morning at 11 o'clock, right after the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show here on WTMJ. It's 945 and you're a minute away from Dominic Catronio in sports. The Brewers pitching staff riding back-to-back shutouts against one of the highest-flying offenses in baseball, the Cincinnati Reds. Back for more on Saturday night after a rain delay, they picked up exactly where they left off. A one-hit shutout. Freddie Peralta, Elvis Peguero, Yoel Piams, and Devin Williams combine to get their third straight zero in the run column. First pitch to De La Cruz is a ground ball left side. Glove by Monasterio. Spins. Throws to first in time. And the Brewers shut out the Reds for the third consecutive game. The final call from Lane Grindle right here on WTMJ. It's only the third time in Brewers franchise history that they have three consecutive shutout victories. Here's manager Craig Council. I mean, I don't care who you're playing. You, you, you shut out team out three times in a row, and that's that's... That's great work, um, and it's been you know it's been the same kind of same story: six innings from a starter and three great innings from from Elvis, uh, Yoel, and Devin. So uh, they've done great job. They've done great work, um, and it's put us in a good position and then we're off to a good start. Also of note, the Brewers now win the season series head to head with the Cincinnati Reds, meaning they hold the all important tiebreaker. Come season's end, if these two teams have identical records in one playoff spot. They'll wrap up the series today. First pitch is scheduled for 1240. Our coverage begins at 1205 with the network pregame show. And head out to Wimbledon. The men's singles final is underway right now. They've had first serve at 8 o'clock Central Time over on ESPN. And it's the top two seeded matchup. Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic. Joker going for his second straight Wimbledon title. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. We are up to 74 degrees. We're going to have your forecast for the big Harley rally right after this. And also, we'll look back at what happened 20 years ago. Still going to be a little bit hazy today. Uh, We do have a chance of an isolated shower or thunderstorm late this afternoon. We'll get up to about 83 degrees. Another chance of some storms overnight and down to 60 degrees. And tomorrow, not too bad. Looks like we're going to get right around 80. Currently, Elkhart Lake has 70 degrees. Muskego's at 71. Lake Geneva, 71. We have 74 degrees at WTMJ at 951. And get your motor running. The 120th anniversary of Harley has been going on all weekend. And the big music headliner was the Foo Fighters last night. 
Now, a lot of us remember what happened 20 years ago during the 100th anniversary when Harley kept headliner Elton John a secret. WTMJ was there broadcasting live when it happened. And good evening. It is 7.09 on News Radio 620 WTMJ. Ben Sherman with you anchoring the coverage of the Harley Davidson 100th anniversary reunion party. It's called the party tonight, and a party it has been all day long. People are still streaming in. At a- it was a terrific scene there at uh, Veterans Park, McKinley Marina, that whole area. We will find out the uh, the answer to the question. People have been asking all week and actually all month, really, who will the mystery act be here on the main stage at Veterans Park? Let's go stage side where News Radio 620 WTMJ's John Jagler is. John? They've got a big white barricade up, so you can't even see what type of instruments are up on the stage right now. It didn't make sense that the Stones were going to come. Everyone thought the Stones might be the band, but they were in Europe at the time. Springsteen was already performing or just about to perform in Milwaukee. Was it going to be ZZ Top? Could it have been Aerosmith? The Eagles had just finished a tour uh, within the past few days before that event. John, um, there's no chance it'd be McCartney, is there? Uh, I, I don't see it. I don't see. The, I don't think he fits into that crowd. Right. Um, McCartney's Let's, not touring anymore. I mean, logistically, it's possible. Uh, yeah, you know. It's seven o'clock. The anticipated wait is only a half hour away. One band you can cross off that headlining list: the Doobie Brothers. They began performing at six, so we know they're not the ones headlining coming up at seven thirty. Another guy we know who isn't the main headliner. What's Dan Aykroyd? Was the owner of the nineteen ninety-six. Vile Green Yamaha Enduro. Please pick up their motorcycle. It's hanging in a tree by the harbor. Dan Aykroyd on stage right now with some of the children who have him. I've always appreciated and respected and loved Dan Aykroyd, but I got to admit, it felt like he went on and on before finally announcing. To see Tim McGraw, weren't you? Yes, I was. He's great. We're just not country western fans, but uh, we're you know. For the Stones. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we want the Stones. There are quite a few people leaving as we speak, but as you said earlier, Ben, there are going to be at least three acts tonight, so maybe some of them are leaving prematurely. Yeah, I have a feeling that may be the case. Thanks, Trey. We'll talk to you in the next hour. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Detroit City, Mr. Kid Rock! Kid Rock came on and actually woke things up. He only played a short set, but actually got the crowd to the feet. Even folks who didn't even know who Kid Rock was, at least he brought energy. We're moments away from uh, one of the best-kept secrets, I think, in entertainment history. Who is going to be the starring act at uh, the Harley-Davidson 100th? Uh, anniversary celebration party. The video screens that we're showing, the crowd shots just went black. Now there's some music coming from the stage. I can tell uh, from my vantage point that there are some musicians on the stage. They're showing a keyboard with hands on it, playing some type of uh, eerie prelude to whatever's going to happen here. That's Elton John's funeral for a friend, John. John Jagler's stage side. The song is Funeral for a Friend off Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album, but no sign of Elton or anybody else right now. If you're just joining us, there he is. All of a sudden, I heard the first few notes of Elton John's Funeral for a Friend. And I'm a huge Elton John fan. I've seen him a couple of times. But I didn't think he was going to be the best fit as apparently a lot of people agreed, for this event. Outside the studio window, there are people passing by, and almost all of them are pointing thumbs down. Some of them are angry. People are pouring out of Veterans Park right now. A lot of people clearly uh, clearly miffed. I'm very disappointed. It was brutal. The response was painful. People walking out of there angry. Um, just really, really angry. Well, I really wanted to see the Stones. Elton John is okay, but this is a huge, huge event, and 
I don't know. I, I'm not happy. And Elton John is either too this or not enough that. Tell me why you don't like it. He's too mellow, and I'm sorry, he's way too gay. When you say this is going to be the concert of your dreams, everybody has a different idea. And it was everybody's thought that their favorite bands were coming, or maybe a combination of bands. They should have just said this was going to be the act, and not because I, I don't know, I, I'm disappointed. And you can hear the piece again. Just text the word Elton to the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. Frankly, I wish I had been there. All right, coming up after the news, it's the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian and David Wickard. I'll be back at 11 o'clock with WTMJ Conversations, everything you want to know about that Kia Hyundai lawsuit.